This is Polar Voices. I'm Kelsey Gabrowski. Southwestern Yukon is home to the Kluwani Lake Research Station, a haven for researchers and graduate students studying glaciers, wildlife, and vegetation in the subarctic. Although the station itself has sleeping cabins, hot showers, and hearty meals, many researchers prefer to use it as a home base, spending most of their summer camping near their field areas. Two Queen's University students from Ontario know firsthand just how difficult field research can be. We caught up with Dasvinder Cambo at the research station after a long stint in the field. Everyone loves to think that field work is a walk in the park. And granted, sometimes I think that myself when I'm at the top of a mountain overlooking a beautiful valley and a glacier lake and it's serene, yes. and. I'm very thankful and happy to be where I am. But I remember this one, well, actually it's not just this one day where everything came to a head, but there's been multiple days like it. So imagine that it's so cold and so windy and raining, but you have to do the work because you only have two days left in the field. So you're working hard and you're cold and you're wet and everything is soaked right through, but you're thinking, you know what, it's okay. We have to push forward and, and, and do the science. Campbell often climbs with Catherine Dearborn, another graduate student from Queen's University. She'd been out collecting samples one day when she noticed a bear had rummaged through her bag before dashing off. And then I guess he'd heard us coming back and, and ran off because we could hear him kind of crashing through the woods. So then I ate the rest of the sandwich and swore at him a little bit and that was that. <laughs> Stories like these are entertainment back at Kluwani Lake Research Station, where people pour into the mess hall to eat, chat, and enjoy views of Kluwani Lake and the adjacent mountain peaks. What's unique about this area is you've got, just outside of here, uh, just across the lake and into the mountains, you've got the St. Elias Mountains, and it's uh, the largest non-polar ice cap in the world. That was Mike Schmidt, science coordinator for Kluwani Lake Research Station. And then you move down into the Kuwani Ranges and towards the lake, then you, you can look at the boreal forest, you can look at the lake itself. And uh, so it, it has quite a broad range of opportunity. Rapid changes in elevation, vegetation, and wildlife as you move down slope make the Kluwani Lake Research Station a one-stop shop for many researchers, including glaciologists, mammalogists, ecologists, even human physiologists studying altitude sickness. For Cambo and Dearborn Supervisor Ryan Danby, the research station gives easy access to subarctic mountains, where he and his students can observe how alpine ecosystems respond to climate change. Specifically, Danby is looking at how the boundaries between plant communities are shifting as a result of rapid warming in the Arctic. We refer to these as ecotones, is, is one, one term that, that gets floated around. It's, it's where, on the landscape, we see two different vegetation types radiating into one another. So one instance of this is, is tree line, where we see forest ecosystems uh, gradually transforming into tundra ecosystems. The tree line is the limit of where trees can grow because of cold temperatures and inhospitable environments. As the climate warms, high altitudes will become milder and tree line is expected to move up mountain slopes. Determining what controls the position of the tree line or the transition from forest to tundra is his main goal. The basic premise here is that if we can understand the way these systems have changed 
uh, due to these recent stressors, then we might be able to have a, a, a good understanding or put together a good understanding of how they'll respond to future stressors. The work Danby students are doing ties into this bigger research goal. Cambo looks at what might be limiting treeline advancement on some mountains, things like soil composition or water availability. He's also found that while sometimes shrubs shield tree seedlings from harsh conditions, they also compete with the seedlings and keep them from growing as quickly as they could on their own. Dearborn takes that treeline research a step further, looking at what factors into how all types of plants crawl up a mountain as the climate warms. Different plants, depending on the species, or even where on the mountain they prefer to grow, will respond differently. You know, you'd think as climate warms, tree rings near treeline would start to get wider. They'd like those warm conditions. Some think that warmer weather means drought will stress the trees. But I actually found that on my drier sites, trees really didn't like wet summers. Danby says these individual research projects collectively have broader implications. The same transitions in vegetation that occur up the slope of a mountain also occur toward the north in the Arctic. But the advantage of working in an alpine area is that those transitions can be observed over a much shorter distance than in the Arctic. The transition from forest to tundra may be on the order of 100 meters distance-wise in an alpine system, but it may be 100 kilometers in an Arctic system. And if these systems respond to climate change in the same way, Alpine studies may help us understand what is going on in the Arctic. It represents ecologically a, a critical boundary in both Arctic and Alpine landscapes. It's, it's the boundary between what is in effect two different biomes, two different global scale ecosystems, the forest and the tundra. The tree line is a particularly important part of these studies. Although the same suite of species are found in the southwestern Yukon in the Arctic, DNB is cautious when using the results of his research to try and figure out what is happening elsewhere. To test whether his alpine results can be extended to the Arctic, Danby and a team of researchers are about to embark on a research trip to the Central Northwest Territories. We're calling it the Central Canadian Treeline Transect. We're, we're uh, by canoe paddling over 100 kilometers across the treeline, hoping to get uh, a comparable study to the alpine work that we're doing in the Yukon to, to try and confirm uh, whether or not we think they are comparable systems. Overall, Danby and his team are seeing what causes trees and shrubs to creep into alpine tundra and grasslands where they have never been before. So a, a general theme here of woody plant encroachment, whether it's trees or shrubs, into areas where those species didn't exist. Danby stresses that while ecosystems themselves are dynamic and some changes are natural, they're looking specifically at the rate and amount of change over the last 150 years. They use that to forecast future change in alpine areas and the Arctic as a result of climate change. I hesitate to say predict, because predict uh, sounds a little too certain. I, I, I prefer the word forecast because we, we have to remember there's always going to be inherent uncertainty in our projections into the future. Danby says researchers will eventually be able to create maps of where vegetation change is most likely to occur in the Arctic and use that to pinpoint areas where animals are most likely to be impacted. But they aren't there quite yet. Just trying to jump straight to the bigger variables without 
understanding baseline ecology, the curiosity-driven science, the basic science, is very dangerous. It's We're trying to make projections and understanding what's going to happen without really knowing too much of basic ecology. So Cambo, Dearborn, and Danby are packing their gear for another exciting season in the field. To hear more from Kluwani Lake researchers, visit the Polar Voices page at thepolarhub.org. Polar Voices is produced by the UA Museum of the North in collaboration with the Arctic Institute of North America as part of the Polar Learning and Responding Climate Change Education Partnership.